This sixth chapter of the Jewish gospel, Matthew's gospel, has been called a cautionary tale for today. A cautionary tale for today. Certainly, I don't think the end of it would suit the insurance markets of the City of London. However, let's try and examine it together as best we can. It's a Jewish gospel for Jewish people, and it tries to balance the spiritual and the secular. It tries to deal with anxiety and faith. So it has a tall order, especially in today's world. When I was a curate, how many times have you heard that? When I was a curate all those years ago, I used to visit Peabody Buildings in Marylebone, where there was a wonderful old lady of 98, and she would receive the curate with great understanding, make him a cup of tea, let him feel that he was visiting her and being of some use, while she actually was visiting me, as most people do of that age. She was fantastic. And one day she said these words to me, and I've never forgotten them. They're written in the front of a book of common prayer. I do have a book of common prayer at home. Those of you who don't think I know anything about the tradition of the church. God, she said to me, after I'd had my cup of tea and the biscuit, listen, young man, God guarantees only what we need, nothing more and nothing less. I thought, what on earth is she talking about? She had not a great deal. Her grandmother's ashes were on the mantelpiece, so that stretched back into Queen Victoria. She lived in a Peabody building, very nice, but it didn't have any hot water. She had to boil it up at that time, long time ago. God guarantees only what we need. She was saying, God will give you what you need, not what you think you need, what you need. And I've always thought about that in relation to this fantastic story of Jesus Christ. It uses a rabbinical way of teaching called qual wachena, which is the phrase, how much more, if, how much more. A A rabbinical parallel between that which you think you need and that which you are going to be given by God. How much more, if they look like this, how much more does God give to you? And it stretches back in the annals of Jewish history as a teaching method. And Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, and this is a Jewish gospel, oive. So actually, you expect him to deal with this in this way, a rabbinical argument. And of course, Jesus draws from the agricultural environment surrounding him. They'd know what he was talking about when he talked about barns, birds of the air, father feeding them, etc., labor in spinning, flowers of the earth. You begin to wonder whether a city really understands that flowers exist sometimes. Not the city of London, of course, because they have a wonderful garden policy, just in case there's anybody present from the Parks and Gardens Department. But it's true. We need to think about the wider 
reality of the environment in which we live and what we actually need and what we think we need. Anxiety, that great bridge that most of commercial television spends its time interrupting programs about. What you think you need. Seek the kingdom of God, says Jesus Christ. Seek the kingdom of God. The experience of living close to God. That's what he's saying. Seek not something in the future. Not, you're not going to get the kingdom of God up in heaven. It's now. And Matthew's gospel is fascinating as a Jewish gospel because it's a social gospel. In five and six, chapters five and six, what does Jesus deal with? He deals with blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the weak, for they shall be given the kingdom of heaven, the love of God. Those who really have a need at the level of human need will be satisfied. Those who push God beyond the human need to all the things that he's fed up with hearing about may get a nasty surprise. Seek the kingdom of God now. So change the way you live so that there's a possibility of the kingdom existing. Change the way you run your business, your relationship, your family life, so that the love of God can shine through, through all the selfishness and the obsessiveness that we have of what we have rather than who we are. And what does he say? Do not value possessions enough to worry about them. Isn't that a fantastic phrase? And I invented it. I'm so proud of a phrase that I actually did something myself. Do not value possessions enough to worry about them. Now I've got to tell you, I am the first person to break that principle. So I put my hand on my heart. But I'd love to believe I could do it. Do not value possessions enough to worry about them. Once you do that, you tilt the scales and it all goes haywire. Yes, we need a job. Yes, we need somewhere to live. Yes, we need something to eat. But put the principles that Jesus comes to bring us first to love God with our whole heart, our whole selves, and our neighbor as ourselves. Do that and all will follow. You will be given manifold gifts of the love of God. Seek God's love and live it out in service to others. It's a fantastic, simple gospel. And it's a social gospel. A social gospel. So we begin from what Jesus says about anxiety and worry by saying, thank you for today. Not tomorrow, that hasn't come yet. Yesterday happened. Live in the reality of where we are. Thank you for today. Think of what you've been given today. It's endless, the gift you've been given today. Even at this point, one o'clock in the city of London, just think what you've already been given. I know you've got problems. I know you've got sadnesses. I know other things. Now, live in the present. 
and give thanks to God for the present moment of his love. Give thanks for today. Live it fully. Live it fully. Be aware of others. There are pain in the neck, some of them. Be aware of them. Try and do something about it. The biggest pain in the neck is yourself. Look in the mirror. What more do you want? Deal with that first. Lord, if you can love me, it's easy. And then try and live that reality out. That's what Jesus died for, to change each one of us so that we can put thanks in our heart rather than misery, rather than moaning, rather than saying, what haven't I got? Try saying, thank you for what I have, and the rest will follow. Tomorrow follows the love of today. If there's no love in today, it's possible tomorrow might not follow at all. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, in the words of the man who really mattered, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Put your trouble here on the Henry Moore altar. When you come to receive communion, bring it with you, whatever's nagging you, leave it here, go back to your pew and let God deal with it. If you take it back to the pew with you, he hasn't got a chance. Leave it here at the foot of the cross and say to God, I give you today. And you'll be amazed what will happen. Amen.